Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Thank you, Mara, and thank you, Amy. Such a powerful and beautiful song. But I, I listened to it and I thought to myself, really? Joy in my day? Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I've been feeling pretty distracted lately. Uh, you might be too. You know, between the recent Supreme Court decisions, the January 6th hearings, the war on Ukraine and its implications for the world, inflation, COVID-19, to name a few, there seems to be a tsunami of reasons why we should all be feeling horribly verklempt and worried. I mean, is it just me? I don't think so, based on all the phone calls I've had and social media posts I've been reading. Well, at the recent Unity Worldwide Ministries convention in Kansas City, where I contracted COVID and brought home as a souvenir to Anthony as well, I attended a workshop on racial healing. Now, the opening presenter, Reverend Dinah Chapman, highlighted the importance of joy in the work of racial healing and consciousness raising. And initially I thought, is she nuts? What are you talking about, Reverend Dinah? I mean, this really doesn't seem like a really joy-filled topic to me or one that would inspire a lot of joy. Because when I think about the history in our nation and in our world of slavery and Jim Crow and lynchings and redlining and gerrymandering and voter suppression, yada, 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 you, you get the picture. You, you all know, I hope you all know the story and the history. But then, then I think I know where she was going. She didn't say this outright, but I was inspired to remember a few words from the prophet Jeremiah in our Hebrew scriptures. This was in chapter eight. And it says, and Jeremiah, who was the governor and Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink sweet wine and send portions of them for the, to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled the people saying, be quiet for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And in that short passage, the key line for me is, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So a little bit of a backstory, backstory is always important. Uh, Nehemiah was a governor charged with rebuilding Jerusalem temple, the Jerusalem temple following the Babylonian exile and for basically rebuilding the culture of those individuals who returned to Judah from the Babylonian exile. I guess you could say, as we've been saying around here, he too had to renew in 22, in a manner of speaking. The whole task before him was rebuild, renew, restore, and teach the people how to be strong and how to be holy and deep in their faith. And it was a huge task because that had not been their experience. They, they had basically been held captive as a nation 
for many, many years. Well, metaphysical Bible interpretation, we were talking about this in the metaphysical group this morning, will lead us to a way of looking at the scripture. In an interpretation of this passage published in Unity Magazine in 1922, uh, the authors wrote, and I presume it was Charles Fillmore, co-founder of the Unity Movement. Whenever we realize the wholeness of divine mind and that that wholeness is ours, we should not mourn, but on the contrary, we should rejoice. Let me repeat that. Whenever we realize the wholeness of divine mind and that that wholeness is ours, we should not mourn, but on the contrary, rejoice. Reminds me of a song, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, end of song. In other words, do not lose hope. Do not despair. One with our creator, we always have access to new ideas. There are always opportunities waiting to be awakened that have not yet come to pass. We are never, ever alone. Knowing this, we open ourselves to both joy and strength and realize that every day is holy and we are holy in it. Stay steadfast in joy. So this is unity and our focus is on practical spirituality or practical Christianity. So where is the practicality in this teaching? What is practical for us? for what Nehemiah told the people thousands of years ago. How do we practice the joy of the Lord as our strength? Well, it's pretty simple, and I basically have four steps for that. So if you want to make a note, make a note. You want to just kind of play with all your fingers and assign a step to a finger, that works. But do not step on your fingers. That's counterproductive. So both mental and spiritual health. This is step one, by the way, step one. Both mental and spiritual health require, require that we express or give voice to our thoughts and feelings regardless of what they are so that we can discharge the energy of those things so that we can process it so that we can get that experience and that energy off our chest that so often feels like a weight. So step one, find a safe space and vent, scream, yell, preferably not on social media, not really gonna get you anywhere. Scream, yell, vent, beat pillows. When I was in St. Petersburg, my ministerial partner and I had a rule that you can vent for 15 minutes and I'll listen for the first three. After that, I'll take 12 for email or whatever else I need to do. So you get the point a safe space to be heard, to just discharge the energy and the emotion and all of that. Because if we don't do that very first step, we run into the risk of stuffing our emotions or trying to sublimate them or do what we call a spiritual bypass and just assume and say, oh, everything's fine. It's not. That energy will always seek to be expressed. Deal with it up front, find a safe space, get it out. Step two, gather information, you know, and ask yourself things like, what do I really know about this issue? Now, it could be a national issue. It could be a family issue. It could be a health issue. It could be, you know, a homeowners association issue. Those will always come up. 
So gather real information as opposed to what do I think I know or what has somebody else said that I haven't verified? Am I just repeating something that may not actually be true or grounded in fact? So gather your own information, do your own research. Step three, three, or third step is this. Utilize our spiritual practices to connect with the God of your understanding and listen. Now you may refer to the God of your understanding as divine mind, as spirit, as source, as divinity, as how higher power. Well, whatever you call it, utilize your practices to center yourself and remain calm, to connect to your inherent strength as an individualized expression of the Christ to connect with your divine joy. Joy is in knowing, always, not is in knowing that there is always a way, always. It always has been this way. So we want to connect to the inner power that God is and that ultimately we are as well. We use our spiritual practices to remind us of who we are. And finally, fourth step, simple process, we act, take action. Now, remember, our master teacher and way shower, Jesus, was not universally popular. And in fact, even though he affirmed that the kingdom of God included everyone, and it did, he routinely and commonly called out hypocrites and made a public scene on more than one occasion. That's what's in the scriptures. So I guess you could say Jesus made good trouble, but he always grounded his action in his commitment to God's inclusive kingdom. Look in the stories as well, and you'll see that he shared his ministry with everybody. There was nobody he would not talk to or share. The miracles in the scriptures attributed to him extended to all. And that's why we refer to him as the great example, not the great exception, the model for each one of us to rise above differences. Yeah, he even served the, the Romans who were there, temple authorities. And he didn't matter mind calling them out because he knew that essentially between he and them was oneness. We're all in this together. We must rise together and not be pulled down and mired in the negativity that was every bit as present in his world as we experience in ours. It was very much like Mandela's message to free the oppressed and the oppressor alike, for both are robbed of their humanity. And it reminds me of a very similar line shared by Mahatma Gandhi when he said, we have great compassion for the British because in enslaving us, they have enslaved themselves. So in our age, our times of infobesity, where we are bombarded 24 seven, 365 by news, fake news, facts, alternative facts, opinions, and yes, statistics, it is imperative for us to consciously nurture 
the idea of divine joy in our lives. It is a pivotal and primary part of our self-care. Why? Because as Reverend Dinah shared at the opening of the anti-racism workshop, when joy goes up, walls come down. When joy goes up, walls come down. Tending to joy and finding the things that bring you joy is imperative. And when we do those things, whatever they happen to be, we will find that we are more open and receptive to the divine ideas that will truly empower all of us to be peacemakers and healers ever more effectively than we ever thought we could be. The time is now, we are the ones. So let us give thanks for the shower of blessings in our lives. And let us remember, when joy goes up, walls come down. When walls come down, arms and hearts and minds open. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.